Oh, I say hallelujah. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter number 6. We are just going to look into the word of God for a few minutes and we'll be out of here. Hebrews chapter number 6. We are going to read from verse number 13 all the way through to 20. Hebrews chapter 6 from verse number 13 through to 20. The Bible says that for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could not swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath of confirmation is for them an end to, of all disputes. Thus, God determined, determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of, of, of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This is this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. Wherefore, the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become his priest, his priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Hallelujah. You'll be wondering why we are reading such a heavy um, passage. But I want us to start looking at our theme for this month is covenant. Hallelujah. And we are going to be studying about covenant this month. The theme is covenant and we want to study about the power of our covenant. The power of our covenant. What is a covenant to start with? What is a covenant? A uh, covenant is, is an agreement or a promissory agreement made between two equal parties. A covenant is between two equal parties. For instance, if you come before the priest to get married to a wife or a husband, you come as two equal parties and you make a solemn promise before God and before the congregation, with being witnessed by the congregation before, to your partner that I solemnly vow and declare that I will be a soulmate to you. Are you with me? So that, that is, that is uh, what we call a covenant. A covenant, is, let me give you the, the, the dictionary meaning. A covenant is a binding promise of far-reaching importance in the relationship between individuals, groups, and nations. It, it has social, legal, religious, and other far-reaching effects. Hallelujah. A covenant is a far-reaching thing. A covenant is not an easy thing. You see, why, somebody will say, why are we talking about a covenant? The reason why you, we need to know and talk about the covenant that we have with God is that if you don't, not, if you don't have the right knowledge of anything, you are only going to make a mistake. Isn't it? If you don't know what the law is, you make you break the law. 
and you fall foul of the law, if you don't know what the law is, if you don't know what the covenant is between you and God, then obviously you will not work in the covenant. For instance, if I am going to marry somebody who doesn't know what marriage is about, I can take the person to the, the, the altar and we will exchange vows and we'll be called man and wife. But how many know that this particular person will not behave as a wife? Well, first of all, they don't know what a wife is or what a wife is supposed to do. Are you with me? So they are likely not to do the duties of a wife. They are likely not to behave like a wife, which will mean that they will fall foul of the covenant. How many know that the marriage covenant, if you don't go in the context of marriage, if you don't fall within the laws of marriage, then the marriage is null and void. How many know what I'm talking about? If you don't do certain things, that marriage cannot be called a marriage, even though both of you call yourselves husband and wife. Why? Because there is a duty that has to be performed in a marriage. So, what is the difference between a promise and a covenant? A promise. Like, oh, I will, like a man says to a woman, oh, I will marry you when I finish my course. How many know that that is not the same as coming to the, uh, stand in front of the, the, the altar with the ring and say that I vow to be a husband to you. Because a, a promise is from one party and has no obligation. The, the other party or the recipient of the promise has no obligation to the one who is promising. Am I making sense? The promiser, if there's, some, if there's a word like that, the promiser is not, the one receiving the promise is not indebted to the promiser. Are you with me? So let's look at the first, the first covenant in the Bible. The first, the first covenant that was ever signed in the Bible. Let's look at it very quickly. And I will, ex I will explain certain things. Genesis chapter 2 verse 16 to 17. The Bible says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat, you shall surely die. Hallelujah. God was saying that I am coming into a covenant with you. I'm coming into agreement with you. I am going to make you an overseer, somebody who will enjoy everything in this garden. Anything in this garden is, is for you to own and for you to enjoy. The only covenant or the only part of the agreement that I expect from you is that this particular tree you must not touch. I said to you that a covenant is between two equal parties, which means that two people are supposed to do something. Are you with me? God is supposed to do something by providing the garden. By providing every tree, every fruit, everything that you want to eat, God has provided. And man's part of the covenant is that man has to make sure that he does not touch the fruit, the, the tree of the fruit of good and evil, knowledge of good and evil. Once you touch that one, you have breached the contract or the covenant. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? And we know that from uh, Genesis chapter 3, if you look at from... Uh, Verse, uh, verse 4 downwards the Bible said in the cool of the day the Lord walked in the garden 
and said, Adam, Adam, where are you? And Adam said that I heard your voice walking in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and so I hid myself. And, and God said that, why have you done this? Why have you done this? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you that you must not eat? And then he said, uh, you know, the, the, the woman that you, 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 you gave me, the woman, you know, some, we had a few prom, uh, problems and she brought the, the food and I, I ate. Hallelujah. And he said that, listen, because you have done this, because you, remember he's in the, in, the, in, the, in the first covenant, in the day that you eat the fruit, you shall surely die. Which means that a covenant has a consequences when it's not met. A marriage has a consequences when it's not met. When you marry somebody and the person doesn't do, the person commits adultery, the person is not faithful in the marriage, there's consequences. The consequences is divorce. Isn't that true? In the same way, our relationship with God has consequences. Amen. And so when Adam and Eve broke the, the, the covenant, they, they, didn't, they surely died. They didn't die physically, but they died by introducing sickness, diseases, pain, death, hell, and everything came into existence because of the broken covenant that they had. Hallelujah. I pray that we will not break the covenant we have with God. Oh, I say, I pray that we will not break the covenant we have with God. You see, why is covenant important? The covenant is, important, is crucial in, for us as Christians because without the covenant, we would not be saved. We are saved by the covenant. Amen. Surely we are not going to enjoy the blessings that we enjoy if we, there's no covenant. Because if there's no covenant, then we are not God's people. Amen. Modern day Christians have not taken time to understand what, the covenant, what covenant we have with God. We think that it's just we are saved by grace, which is true. But we are saved by grace. But there's a part that we also need to perform for the covenant to be complete. How many will agree with me that when Adam was in covenant with God in the garden, Adam could name the animals. Adam had authority of the, over the birds of the air. Adam had power and authority over lions, over uh, snakes, over everything. Tell the lion, sit down. The lion will sit down. Tell the, the, the giraffe, pass here. The giraffe will pass here. Tell the elephant, come this way. The elephant will come this way. There was power. There was authority. Why? Because Adam was in covenant with God. Amen. How many understand that? And when Adam broke that covenant... Now, the power that Adam had was taken away from him. Now, when a lion enters this room, you and I will not tell the lion, sit here. When an elephant is running through this, the, the, the door, you and I will not tell the elephant, no, pass this way, like Adam could do. Why? Because the, the covenant has been broken. So, the power we had has been taken away from, from us. I keep using this example. Take, for instance... A, a, a woman or, or, or let, for, for gender balance let me use a man let's say a man who has no money who is broke who has no job 
walking around and then finds a woman who is a millionaire or a billionaire and a billionaire who has like a big, big uh, employment by factories and everything decides to marry this broke man and then puts that broke man in charge of all her businesses. How many of you know who agree with me that this man now becomes a very powerful man? Why? Because the man can sack anybody he pleases and can employ anybody he pleases. He can take money and do anything he wants with the money from the, the businesses. So long as this man is married to the woman, the man is very powerful. But the day that man would just go ahead of himself and think that now I am a big boss, now I can make decisions, I can do whatever I want, and decide that now I'm also going to have girlfriends on the side. And the woman will come and meet girlfriends with the man in the office. The woman will say to the man, pack your things and leave the house, leave the office. From today, we are no longer married. How many will agree that that man will go back to his broke self and will be working outside and even the security man can tell him not to come back into the, the premises again? Are you getting what I'm saying? And that is what we are, as Christians, we haven't understood that there is a covenant relationship between us and God. And that is what gives us power. That is what gives us authority. That's what gives us strength. The day we lose that covenant, we are no good for the devil. The devil will just will trample over us. The security man will tell us, my friend, move before I do something bad to you. Hallelujah. And that is why we need to understand the covenant we have. See, the covenant that uh, Adam and Eve or Adam had with God was a covenant that existed until that covenant was broken by Adam. Amen. And so God had to come up with another plan. Amen. God had to come up with another plan. This time he had to bring Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6, 6 to 7, it says that, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry in as much as he also a mediator he also mediator of a better covenant as he is also a mediator of the better covenant which was established on better promises which means that if something is better it means it's being compared to something else isn't it am i is it english language you can never use better in any context, if you are not in comparison, you have to compare. It's a comparative clause. Better means that there was something before it. And now this one has come to supersede it. So this one is better than that. Hallelujah. So he's saying that there is a better promise, a better covenant, a better promise in, in, in this covenant than the old covenant. Amen. A better promise for if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. If the first covenant had worked, then there won't be the need for the second. Amen. So it means that the first promise had loopholes. That's why Satan was able to come in and break that covenant so that man had no covenant with God. 
you will see if we go back, let, 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 me, let me go back to show you that after the first covenant, God had other covenants with Noah. How many remember? Say that as the while the earth remains from uh, I think Genesis uh, eight, while the earth, earth rem- or six is it six twenty eight? While the earth remains, seed time and harvest will not pass. He made a covenant with with man. He made a covenant with Noah, and then we know that God also made a covenant with Abraham, isn't it? He says that in blessing, I will bless your descendants. I will bless you. I will bless the descendants. In, in Genesis chapter 17, verse 7, it says that I will establish my covenant between you. This is between God and Abraham. Not between God and man. Abraham is the, different from Adam because the whole world is, was in Adam. All mankind was in Adam. So when God made that covenant with Adam, it was for you and I as well. But when God made the covenant with Abraham, it was for Abraham and his descendants, not with Abraham and the whole world. Am I making sense? Do you, do you understand the distinction? Let, let's read it. Verse, verse 7, that's uh, Genesis 17, 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be, to be God to you and your descendants after you. Amen. So it was between Abraham and his lineage. Am I making sense? Okay. So you go through and we, we, we now establish that Israel, that is a descendant of Abraham, has a special covenant with God. And throughout the, the, the Bible, like uh, Jeremiah 30, 22, it says that you shall be my people and I will be your God. You know, even when they, they disobeyed, he will punish them and then he will restore them until Jesus Christ. When Jesus came, he abolished the covenant that God had with Abraham and his descendants by tearing the veil. In Matthew 28, I think, Matthew 28, the veil was torn. Matthew 27, verse 51, says that, Then behold, the veil of the temple, which was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earthquake and the rocks were split. Amen. So you see that in this place, the, the, the veil was torn. In that instance of the veil being torn, by the, when Jesus died and his blood touched the earth, the veil was torn. And that veil signified the pattern or the ending of the first covenant. That the covenant between God and Adam, which was broken. The covenant between God and, and uh, Noah, which was also broken. The covenant between God and Abraham, which was broken. So you see that the covenant between God and Israel was broken on the day that Jesus died. Am I making sense? Are you understanding what I'm saying? I know this is heavy. That's why I'm, we are talking about this on, on a Wednesday. You, you need to study a little bit as a Christian. Amen. See, so, so when, when this, this, um, this covenant was broken, 
now a new covenant, a better covenant that has nothing to do with Israel, that has nothing to do with Adam, that has nothing to do with Abraham. Now it is between God and man, whosoever believe, whosoever will accept, whosoever will, may come through. Are you with me? So now the, the, the covenant is between God and any man who believes. No matter where you come from. So long as you, you do your part in believing and obeying, then you are part of the covenant. Are you with me? And, and I believe that is where the divergence between God, God uh, Israel, not accepting Jesus. Because they couldn't understand what he means by saying that this special covenant we have with God how dare you come and say that that covenant is broken? But if they were students of the scriptures, they would know that the first covenant was broken. The second covenant was also broken. The first covenant was broken by Adam. The second covenant with Noah was also broken. And so the third covenant with, with Abraham was no special than the, the one with Adam or Noah. So why would, can that be broken? But then he says that he has made a special covenant. Which that this one is special and better. Which that this one will not be broken. Because this one is, is being sealed with the superior blood of Jesus Christ himself. And so this, this covenant cannot be broken. So as Christians, we must understand that the covenant we have with God is a very firm covenant. It's a very special covenant. It cannot be broken. Where you get married can have an impact on the marriage you have. If you get married in maybe, uh, you know they do drive-through marriage. You go to Las Vegas and then you see some comedian who has a big bow tie and then he says that you take this man to be your wife. You take this woman to be your, your you say yes, I do, I do, it's okay. By the power vested me, I made you, I proclaim you man and wife and they give you a certificate. How many of you know that that impacts the marriage because but when you do a certain spiritual you know when you do a certain type of marriage the strength of that thing binds the marriage are you with me so the strength of the covenant we have must detect the type of way we the type of relationship we have in that covenant amen am i making sense so hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 So we are looking at the superior covenant. Is that, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry in as much that he is a mediator of a better covenant. Now look at verse 13. He says that in that he says a new covenant he has made the first obliterated, uh, obsolete. He has made the first obsolete. So he, he has made the first covenant that man had with Adam. Uh, God had with Adam. is broken. God had with Noah. is broken. God had with Abraham. is broken. And his descendant is broken. He has made it obsolete because he has brought a new covenant. Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish. Amen. So, our new covenant. Somebody say, my new covenant. My new covenant, my new covenant has rules 
Every covenant has rules. Amen. I say every covenant has rules. And so if we are going to walk in that, in the special uh, rule, or, or walk in the, in the strength of the new covenant, then we must know what the, 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 the rules are. Before we look at the rules, look at this, uh, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. It says that, for by grace have we been saved through faith and not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are the workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we, sh must, we should walk in them. Amen. God had prepared some works for us to walk in them, which means that in the new covenant, there were some works, some things, some workmanship, some things that we need to walk in. How many of you know, understand that when you are walking, it takes energy? When you are walking, it takes some discipline. Are you with me? You cannot walk backwards. You have to walk in a certain way. Are you with me? There is order. He says that he has, before he brought us into the new covenant, he had made a plan. How many of you have worked in a maze before? Like, a, you know this type of nice garden that they make, like a walkway. They show an arrow, walk from here, start from here. And then what you're going, it tells you, take turn left, turn right. Like in the airport, when you're coming from the airport, from the plane, you don't know where you are going. But as soon as you come out of the plane, there's directions. Nobody's saying anything to you. There are different steps everywhere. But for some reason, they, they walk you through a certain direction. You see that this one looks like a door, but they've put a red tape or they've blocked it. But then they've opened that door. So you see everybody going through that door. Then when you get to that place, you see everybody turning left because the right has been blocked. And then when you go, you see that there's a turning here, there's a step here, there's a step here, but they block this one, block that one. Why? Because they have ordered a path for you to walk in. Amen. So in this covenant, God has ordered a certain walkway, a certain pathway for us to walk in them. Amen. Now what are these pathways? Come with me to Ephesians. I think I'm going to stop. Do I have some more time? How many more minutes? Ten more minutes. Okay. So, Ephesians chapter 4. Say, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, verse 1, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you have been called. You were called. Amen. So, now Paul is begging us that we must walk right in this ordered or thing that we have been asked to walk in. With loneliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen. One God and the Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in all. So he's advising us that we must walk worthy, we must walk in humility, loneliness of mind, we must walk worthy. But he hasn't told us what the work is about. So now we have understood or we've accepted that we are in a new covenant. How many have accepted it so far? We've accepted it that we are in a new covenant. 
we have accepted that there is a certain part that we need to play in this particular work. There's a certain way we need to walk. We cannot dance our way. We cannot walk backwards. We cannot walk sideways. We have to walk a certain way. So now let's look at the walk that he's talking about. But verse 25. Verse 25. So now that you have been purchased, a ring has been put on your finger as a bride of Christ. Bible is saying, therefore, now, the word therefore means that after all this, because of this, because of everything that has been done, this is also your part that you need to play in this covenant. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Read on. Be angry and sin not, and do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You see, uh, uh, modern day charismatic Pentecostal Christians we have preached a certain gospel where man is devoid of any works. There's no responsibility that we need to have. How many know that? For by grace we are saved. So it's, it's not of works. least anyone should boast. So that's it. It's, 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 I'm a wife. But you see, if God is fair and God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden because they disobeyed, why would you think that you in this new um, covenant can live a sinful life and still be a bride of Christ? How many understand what I'm trying to say? You see, that, this gospel that we are preaching, this grace gospel, is dangerous because it, it, it makes us live and behave as if we are, we are not in covenant. The reason why it's very important for us to understand the power of the covenant we have is that the covenant gives us power. The covenant gives us authority. The covenant gives us, you know, uh, the, the capability and capacity to do things that otherwise we wouldn't have been able to do. This is what the, the covenant we have gives us. In return, God also needs us to walk worthy of the calling that he has called us into. Amen. So he said, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Read on. Give no place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. How many Christians are always speaking profanity this same tongue that you bless God with how can you use the same tongue to curse and to swear hallelujah how many of you can see that now it's becoming a proper covenant see a promise is different a promise is that I'll bless you it means no matter what you do I have decided I'll bless you that's a promise but a covenant is that I'm going to do this if you do this. It's an agreement. If you behave this way, then I'll, be, I'll behave this way. If you do this, I'll do this. If you don't do this, then I'll also not do this. Can you understand that? That is the Christianity that these days we don't preach anymore. These days it's all about your grandmother will, your, 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 the witches in your father's house will die. Yes. 
they will die. But then, if you are in contrav contravening the covenant, then that power for them to die is taken away from you. Hallelujah. That's why you go to some countries, they pray 24 hours a day. And meanwhile, there's so much corruption, there's so much evil, and there's so much powerlessness in spite of all the prayer. Why? It's because the people in, in all the prayer and everything are not living in the covenant with God. Amen. So I'm challenging all of us that the covenant is something that we must study, we must understand. See, nobody gets up and gets married without knowing what marriage is. Are you with me? You must have an understanding of what you are getting into. Otherwise, you will do the wrong thing. That's why at a certain age, if you want to get married, the law says that you cannot get married. You are too young because they, they class you as too young because they think you don't understand the intricacies of the covenant you are getting into. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? You are 16 years old. You cannot be married in this country. You are 15 years old. I don't care whether you have finished your degree and you are working, or I don't care whether you employ 100 people, 200 people, they will, the government will not allow you to marry anybody. Why? Because they don't think you have understood the meanings and what is required of you in a marriage. Am I making sense? So I'm also challenging all of us to understand what Christianity is about. Next verse. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God whereby you were sealed of the day of your redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Let and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. It's amazing how Paul puts this verse 32, forgiving everyone, even as Christ forgave you. You will see that the, the, the Lord's prayer, when Jesus was teaching his disciples, says that, and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. Amen. Which means that forgiveness is part of the covenant relationship that you walk in. Hallelujah. You have to forgive. And Jesus said, if you don't forgive, the Heavenly Father will not forgive you because you have broken the covenant. The covenant is that you have a certain, certain things you must do. He says that take of me my yoke, for my yoke is easy. What he's asking us to do is easy. Are you with me? My burden, the burden I'm giving to you is very light. That burden is so light. He says that, listen, walk in these things. It's like saying that how many know that when you, are, you get out of a plane, even if you can't read, you will still end up at the right place. How many, how many agree with me? Even if you don't know how to read. Why? Because it's so easy. You just have to follow. You just have to walk in, in the path that has been created for you. Because how many know that the, the airport is a very complex building? 
Any airport is very complex because every step leads to lead somewhere. And there's so many. One is going here, one is going, going there. There's one uh, gate here, there's another gate here, there's another gate. There are so many gates. There are so many ways to get to the, the main. You can, you can easily get lost. But when you follow, you see, you can never move from one plane and end up in another plane. That will take you to another destination. When you come out of the plane, you will find yourself go out to the, the immigration or wherever. Are, are you with me? Because they, they've ordered your step. You just follow. You just go. As you are going, you get to the right place. But if you decide that you won't go where you are supposed to go and you want to do adventure, how many, how many know what I'm talking about? You want to enter a door that has been closed. You want, because you just want to see. You end up in a place that nobody is. You can easily get yourself in trouble. Amen. And that's the Christianity that we have. Hallelujah. A lot of us do not understand that we are in a covenant relationship with God. I pray that as we start learning about covenant, you and I will understand what relationship we have with the God we are serving. And which will give us more authority and more power. See, a policeman, no matter how small they are, can stop the biggest car or biggest truck by just lifting up their hand. Are you with me? And why do you think that this smallish-looking, slim, small girl can stop a huge 18-wheeler truck by just lifting up one hand? on the side of the road, not in the middle of the road, and the truck will stop. Why? Because that police woman knows the authority she carries. And the truck driver also knows that the power is not with the truck and the, the 18-wheeler that he's driving, but the power is with the, that little girl who is standing on the roadside and saying stop. Because if he decides not to stop, Immediately, this truck driver will know where power lies. <laughs> are, are you getting what I'm saying? The truck driver will not sleep on his, in, his, in his bed, in his room. He may end up sleeping somewhere he doesn't want to sleep in. Because the power has been, the authority has been deposited in that young little girl standing by the side of the road. In the same way, if you're a Christian and you understand the power you will, the power and authority you have, you will say to a demon, you this demon, don't come here again. And the, the demon is gone. Are you getting what I'm saying? The reason why we don't have power, we, we, we go, we are praying, shabala, shabala, and the demon is looking at us. What are you saying? It's because we ourselves, we are living in controversy of the covenant. So there's no authority. There's no power. There is nothing that we are carrying. This year, I pray that you walk in covenant blessing and authority you walk in covenant power because you will live and walk your christianity will be worthy of the the, the 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 name that has been given to you so you'll be able to say to the devil live here and the devil will live here Amen. hallelujah you'll be able to to bind and it will be bound you'll be able to lose and it will be loose it's not just uh, countless hours of prayer that yields nothing but because of the covenant you have you can say something you see, when, when Adam says to the, the lion, 
you, because of your behavior, I'll call you lion. The lion doesn't say that we are going on a looter. We won't call ourselves lion. We want to call ourselves monster. No, 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 no. Because the authority is not with the lion. The authority is with what? Adam. And Adam knows the authority he carries. That's why he names all the animals. Stand to your feet.